Well, that was interesting. My micros, my microphone was muted that whole time. Okay, so that was just a fashion show. Um, well, I said a prayer to God, of course. Um, this episode, welcome. It's a uh, the thirty third episode uh, that we're doing. Um, just, just real quick again, um, I'm doing it solo tonight because James is doing ministry work at the church tonight. So I'm really happy to be doing this uh, because on this topic, I really want to uh, share what I've come to find over you know, the past five or 10 years um, about the Bible and why uh, so many people hold it as true and we claim that it is the word of God. Um, when people say, you know, how do you know it's the word of God? And somebody says, well, I just know it is. That's, that's not good. That's not something to be proud of. Um, you know, the Bible tells me so. Well, people don't believe the Bible is uh, credible. So if you're trying to use internal evidence and citing scripture to someone who doesn't even believe that it is real or that it is, it is God's word, um, then you're uh, peeing in the wind basically. Um, so anybody who's just fine with saying, well, I just believe God, I just believe uh, it's true and that's good enough for me, uh, or you know, Jesus died for my sins and that's all I know. Uh, yes, that is all you know. And it's, I wouldn't say that out loud, that's embarrassing. Um, you know, if somebody said, uh, you know, take it in this respect, it's like if a scientist said, I, I wish I want water, which is a liquid to be to be a vapor, you would be an idiot and laugh, you know, be a laughing stop because it's not possible by our physics. Um, and I think about that in the same way of uh, the Bible too, when somebody says, you know, I want it to be uh, just a bunch of scribble that a bunch of men put down. And uh, when things time and time again prove that it is uh, inspired by God, um, then they look like fools. So. I guess my goal tonight is to equip people with the uh, desire and the uh, and light of fire in people's hearts. Um, Holy Spirit, uh, speak to us. Speak to us. Um, first off, the entire Bible is is composed of only sixty six books. Um, it was written over the course of uh, sixteen hundred years. Um, and that's just around 40 generations worth, um, people-wise, uh, 40, 40 lifetimes. Uh, written by more than 40 men from every walk of life. Uh, written in three different continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three different languages, which is Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Um, right away, you're like, this is, this is really spread out. <clears throat> and I know... If you went to coffee with somebody and had a conversation with them and tried to recount something to someone else, you wouldn't be able to hold it word for word to them. Uh, you wouldn't be giving them credit. Uh, you wouldn't be quoting them word for word. Um, so the fact that I'm about to get into this, the fact that today's manuscripts that we have uh, match verbatim what we find, what we're finding of, of the oldest uh, texts that we're unearthing is uh you know it makes you want to hit the floor honestly 
Um, and if it doesn't, then I question your sanity. Uh, it's more authentic than any other written document that we had. It, it was written by men, but inspired by the God of the universe. Um, how you study the Bible, you, you, uh, you use internal evidence, but there's also external evidence to prove the internal evidence. Like I said, if someone doesn't believe the Bible is true, internal evidence doesn't hold any weight. So you need the external evidence to prove uh, what you're saying is actually credible. Um, so you use both of them uh, interchangeably and they complement each other perfectly. Um, as far as I know, there are things in the Bible called apparent discrepancies. Um, meaning that you think this is not uh, accurate or this doesn't line up with this. There are 969 apparent discrepancies and those have all been uh, also uh, investigated and found to be, uh, they've, they've resolved those discrepancies. Um, that's a lot of discrepancies to resolve. You can, you can Google all these things and if I'm wrong on some of these things, uh, I apologize, but you know, Put it to the test, put it to the test. Um, overall, the Bible is a prophetic document. Um, it has 808, oh sorry, it has 8,357 prophetic scriptures in the text. 26% uh, of the entire Bible is prophecy. So, <laughs> You know, a quarter of the Bible, if you're going to throw that out, uh, you're not really holding much in your hands. You're not going to prove a lot of things. And it's through this prophecy that we see the, um, you see the uh, cross-referencing between the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, which is vital. And Jesus himself was cross-referencing the prophets um, when he referred to himself and when he referred to things to come, excuse me. Um, so talking about prophecy, we have three different things in, in, that we know of that, that can tell us uh, things to come. Uh, one of them is prophecy. Um, whether or not it becomes true or not is how credible it is, or whether or not it occurs. Um, then you have the occult, which is fortune telling. Um, the occult is right 5% of the time, statistically. They've done studies. 5% of the time, you're going to um, hit the bullseye with uh, the occult. Uh, it does have power. It does have power. Um, science is only right about 25% of the time uh, when you when you break everything down uh, because you have to, there's trial and error. You have to have a hypothesis. You have to, you know, um, but prophecy is very, uh, very scary to me because uh, it's somebody saying something and then years down the road, they don't even know what they're saying until um, they're already long gone before it comes to pass and people get to look back and say, wow, you know, this was a true prophet. This, this did come from God. He heard from God. Um, science, you know, pr is proving the Bible true and always has. Um, it just takes science longer to tell us what God has already said. You, just, you see that in so many things like, you know, we didn't really decide the earth was round until... I don't know what, when we decided the earth was round, but you see, uh, you see in Job, in the book of Job, which is like the oldest book in the entire Bible um, that was written, he says, you know, 
he sits on a stool and the earth is his footstool. It's, it's, he says it's a sphere. Um, and, you know, he says he says this thousands of years ago. Um, and we're sitting here thinking it's flat until what point in time when we finally decided, oh, it is round. Yeah, he, he already said it. Um, there are uh, about 8,000 copies of the New Testament that we found um, from all different periods of the time that all agree with one another. And this is throughout, you know, uh, thousands of years. They all agree. Um, and when I say agree throughout this whole uh, presentation, I mean, in the sense that there are punctuation differences, there are spaces, names are spelled certain ways differently. But you, you have to realize this text was translated originally it was the old testament uh the first half of the bible the hebrew bible as they call it um was written in hebrew and eventually and the new testament was written in greek eventually this entire uh, body of books was collected and it's been translated over and over and over again it has not lost one bit of its uh accuracy to the word and it's it's, it's it's really jaw-dropping to me when I when I delve into this, but um, just a couple examples I'll give real quick. Um, there's something called the Codex. Uh, uh, it's the Codex Vaticanus, I think, is what it's called, because uh, meaning of the Vatican. It's uh, currently in the Vatican's library, and you know some people are like, "Oh, the Catholic Church." I don't even want to hear any more about this. Um, it's the oldest existing manuscript of the Greek Bible that we have found. Um, and they have kept it since the 15th century. They dated it 300 AD, year 300 AD. Uh, and it matches exactly what we have now. That you can go down to Walmart right now and pick up a, a, a Bible, Old and New Testament together. Um, doesn't matter what uh, version it is. You know they're all they're all pretty similar to one another um just contextually that's what's important um there is a second one called the codex uh Sinaiticus. uh man i don't think the spelling's right on that um that was uh dated around 330 to 360 a.d um same thing you know uh just a little bit after 300 a.d um but earlier than this uh there was a group of papyrus fragments dated um around 180 to 225 a.d um and out of these fragments we can construct the books of luke john romans first and second corinthians galatians ephesians philippians colossians first and second thessalonians hebrews and portions of the books of matthew mark and acts this is pretty old. This is really old to survive that long. Um, there is a, and this is just, this is the, this is the sad part about it. Um, as far as uh, humanity goes and our history and what we think is valuable, there is a collection of uh, historical documents. It's the most, uh, I, I'll get into it here. Uh, it's called Herodotus's Histories. And it's considered the founding work uh, of history in Western literature. The time between the event and the manuscript 
So this is important, I think. Um, the time between the events that the Bible talks about and the time that they were actually inscribed was minimal. It was a generation or two generations within within a hundred to two hundred years. These things were written down, and so the accuracy is, is uh, salvaged. There, it's it's um, it's not perverted by any uh, type of uh, you know story making. I think you know comparatively to the other things that. But this is what this is the time between the event of Herodotus's histories and the actual manuscript being written. The span is fourteen hundred years between the event happening and the actual writings being being done. Fourteen hundred years. That is that is atrocious when you compare it to uh, some of these other things I just talked about. These other books, these other documents that we are being that we are finding. Um, and the most the most uh, interesting thing that's happened uh, fairly recent in our history um, is 1947. We found the Dead Sea Scrolls, which if you haven't heard about the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, they were found in Qumran um, or what was Qumran at the time um, by the Dead Sea um, in these caves. They unearthed, they unearthed them um, and they believe uh, these uh, scrolls were placed there uh, after the temple in 70 AD was being sieged um, in Jerusalem. The temple was being destroyed, and they believed that uh, they hid these scrolls there to protect the word of God. They they really revered. They didn't want the scrolls to burn uh, or to be taken away. Um, they hid them in these caves, and in these in these scrolls in the Dead Sea Scrolls, every single book of the old testament is represented and over and over and over again they found multiple multiple uh transcription um when i went to visit israel i learned of a uh, commune there that was uh around that area it was the whole the whole village was comprised of nothing but men and these men were scribes that was their sole purpose in life was to transcribe the Old Testament, the Word of God, they, they made copies, handwritten copies. They made several of them, and then they would, then when they were done with that one, they would start over again. So I, I also think that might be something to explain the Dead Sea Scrolls being there. Um, every book is represented. Um, compared to modern translations, they're almost perfectly identical. And you can Google this. I mean, I'm willing to be wrong on a lot of this information, but... A lot of people don't want to know the truth, I think, because the truth um, is uh, contra it contradicts their uh, worldview. Um, and if they have, and if they have, and if they accept this truth, then they have to accept the one who sent this truth. And if they accept the one who gave us this truth, then they have to accept his son as well. Um, and they're not willing to go that far. So um, there are a lot of antagonists to the faith that. Um, even over in Israel, there's a whole group that's, uh, you know, uh, trying to disprove the Bible and disprove God's existence. And the archaeological findings they're having over there, every single one of them is like, oh, no, we need to stop digging because we're going to keep finding stuff. Um, this is great. We, you know, uh, they wish we wouldn't keep finding these things. Um, but it's just things that, that we've, we've found in the past uh, thousand, fifteen hundred years. Um, 
as far as prophecy, we'll go back to this. Um, the prophecy is where you cannot um, really get away from it. It's going to kind of haunt you um, if you actually take these words and you cross-reference them and realize how long ago they were written and how long later they were fulfilled. Um, the Bible contains 333 prophetic messages about the Messiah uh, sent from God. Um, and Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies in his life and death. Um, and there are people that specifically went and investigated this uh, because they, they said, I, if I can disprove these prophecies, if there's one thing in the Bible that's false, you have to throw the entire thing out, they say. And I agree with them. Um, you, you don't want to have 99% true and then 1%, oh yeah, let's just ignore that because that 1% could be the difference between there is a God and there isn't a God. This was all just, you know, we just somehow got to this point, 99%. Um, I'll go ahead and go into some of these these prophetic messages. Um, so these are, these are the messages that prophets like Isaiah and uh, Jeremiah uh, spoke about the coming Messiah. And this is uh, hundreds of years before he was even born. Um, if you want to look these scriptures up, it'll shock you. It, it, it doesn't, as a believer, it, it should shock you. And as a non-believer, if you take it seriously enough, dig into some of these things. Dig into some of these. Um, and at least know what you don't believe in. At least know why you don't believe in it. You know, it's the same thing. You know, if you're a Christian, know why you believe what you believe and be able to give a defense for it. Um, and just saying, I know I'm saved and that's all I know. It sounds pretty selfish, but be, to be honest, um, if you think about it, uh, God doesn't want us uh, mindfully droning around and saying, well, I just, I think so. I think it is and it makes me feel good um, because everyone else is looking at us like, yeah, no thanks. Okay. You look like you have a mental illness, honestly. Um, but I'll go into some of these prophecies here. So in the book of Micah, um, Micah was a prophet in the Old Testament. Um, it says, uh, it's uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Uh, but you, Bethlehem, uh, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Uh, in Luke 2, 4, this is fulfilled. Uh, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And this is where Jesus was born. Um, and I'll just kind of go back to Micah 5 2. This, this is a lot in this prophecy here. It's not just like, hey, there's going to be one. He says, Who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times? How is Jesus' origins from old and from ancient times if he was born after this prophecy? This is, this is. That, that, right away oh yeah that's not that's not talking about him then that's not talking about him um but if you take everything in, in, in context and you cross-reference uh, the old and the new testament 
you start to see this is he's claiming to be God in the New Testament. So from ancient times, whose origins are from old, saying he always existed. He existed before uh, the earth was was here, um, was created. Um, you can get really deep in this if you just take apart, you know, the three words at a time if you have to. Um, another prophet was Isaiah. Um, in the book of Isaiah, he has an encounter with God where he uh, is in the presence of God. And uh, it's a really scary story if, if you take it for what it is, where he is just, he feels like he's a dead man. Um, uh, he thinks God's going to kill him in that moment because he's filled, he's, he's in a room filled with God's presence and uh, holiness. And he knows that he's a sinful man and it just presses him down. Um, but in his book, he makes a prophecy, a prophecy uh, in chapter seven, uh, verse 14, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Uh, excuse me. Um, in the New Testament, we, we learn that Mary was a virgin and not laid with a man and became, uh, you know, became pregnant with uh, Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit. Um, if, if you can believe all of those things, uh, this was prophesied hundreds of years before, uh, I don't know the exact time Isaiah prophesied this, but uh, it says, uh, you know, we, and then you pick it apart a little more. You'll give birth to a son, that's specific. Virgin, specific, uh, you will conceive and give birth to a son. It doesn't say, you, you know, it, says, it just says conceive. And so it's just telling you what's going to happen. Um, you will give birth to a son, or they will give birth to a son. That's specific, you know, the gender of the of the baby, uh, and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the name it is. So right away, coming full circle, we're talking about Jesus being God Himself. Um, prophesied, prophesied. Another. Uh, this is this is the this is the one that really uh, gets me, and you can see it in uh, you watch movies like uh, the Crucifixion of Jesus and stuff. If you, you watch movies about that um, and the Passion of the Christ, you'll see where Judas uh, betrays him, and the Pharisees uh, say, you know, the price for uh, handing him over to us, we'll give you thirty pieces of silver for handing him over to us, um, and this is. Uh, Zechariah prophesying about how this is going to take place. This is crazy to me. I'll just I'll just go into it real quick. Uh, I love the word God. Um, if this is you know something that's boring for most people, I'm not sure. Um, but it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do what I feel like God's uh, God's called me to do tonight. Um, and hopefully you you enjoy this as much as I do. Um, and this will give you some things to look at and study. Uh, in the book of Zechariah, the prophet, chapter 11, verse 12 to 13. I said to them, if it seems good to you, give me my wages. If not, don't. So they weighed out my wages, 30 silver pieces or shekels, this 12 ounces. Uh, concerning that princely sum, quote unquote, in quotations, he's actually making fun of it. 
or saying princely sum because that was not a lot of money. Um, it was in, in those days, if you had like an animal that died, they would and insurance would be like, here's 30 pieces of silver. That's, that's how much that was worth. Um, so he says, concerning that princely sum at which they valued me, Adonai said, throw it into the treasury. So I took the 30 silver shekels and threw them into the treasury in the house of Adonai, the Lord. Uh, and this is, and then you look in Matthew 26, chapter 26, uh, verse 15. And this is, uh, this is Judas speaking here, uh, said, what are you willing to give me if I turn Yeshua over to you, meaning Jesus? Uh, they counted out 30 silver coins and gave them to Judas. And then just a chapter later, Matthew 27, and you'll see this in the Passion of the Christ also. They, they, they portray it well. Um, Matthew 27, uh, verse 3 to 5. Uh, when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Yeshua had been condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 silver coins to the head uh, Pharisees and elders, saying, I sinned in betraying an innocent man to death. What is that to us? They answered. That's your problem. Hurling the pieces of silver into the sanctuary, he left. Then he went off and hanged himself. Um, that's, that, that coincidence is uh, not a coincidence. It's very... Uh, it's very awe-striking, I guess, to me. Like it's so detailed uh, when you cross-reference and you look at these these texts that were written uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of years before these events took place, and then you see somebody uh, who is inspired enough to record these things down in more books and say, "Look, this is what he was talking about. This is what he was talking about." Um, 30 pieces of silver. Um, he hurls it into the sanctuary, just like God told Zechariah to do. Um, it was uh, the price that they paid to uh, betray the Son of Man, the Son of God. Um, these uh, these things, I just don't, I don't take very lightly. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, like I said before, you know, the devil in this world uh, that he's in, honestly, and controls, he's the God of this world, is uh, deception is not deceiving unless it works. Um, so you could be deceived and not even know it. You know, why would deception be right? Why would you be able to notice it? Um, it would be deceiving you so you wouldn't know that it was happening to you. And he's very good at doing those things. He's very good at uh, confusing. Um, he is the author of confusion. Uh, and he comes, he's a, you know, a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his only, only mission is to do that because he cannot hurt God um, as he is. He cannot do anything to God, but he can hurt what God loves most and has power to do that. Um, and so I think it's very important for us to realize that that's something we are up against, but we do have um, the God of creation uh, who empowers us to 
uh, defend against his attacks and uh, pull other people out of the fire and the pit. Um, because honestly, that's that's his greatest, that's the devil's greatest uh, joy, I think, if he has it, is uh, making sure no one ever comes to the Father um, in their entire life and in the life after this one. Uh, and we should uh, really take into account whether or not we want this life for ourselves as believers because uh, your old life is going to cost you or, or sorry your new life is going to cost you your old life um, Jesus is going to cost you everything uh, and I think some people don't realize that when they uh, when they set out on this journey and there's a lot of people that fall away um, the saddest part is even in scripture it says it, it would be better if they didn't know the truth than to have known the truth and then fallen away from it and that's tried and true because it is hard to once you have already if you're raised in the church a lot of people go away from the truth um and it's harder to come back to it because uh they've already experienced that and they think that's all there is in that realm and so why would they want to go back to something that they thought was not uh going anywhere um and they were let down they were really let down so um we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to uh to show proof, just, you know, to, to prove ourselves uh, true. I mean, you know, prove uh, that what we believe, because it's, it's just like anything, like I said earlier, it's like anything else in life. If I said, I just, I just believe the earth is flat and I had no proof for it, uh, I better just keep my mouth shut. So um, I think that's why a lot of people just don't even respect anyone who says, well, you know, God told me that, oh, you know, uh, they don't believe in that God. So um, we have to take these things as they come. I think. Uh, I thought there was more that I wanted what I wanted to share on. Um, I don't know if I'm already 30 minutes into it, but it's kind of hard to do a whole hour just by yourself. But let's see. Um, you think about when you think about uh, this, the painstaking. Uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry. They, people that preserve the scriptures over history um, and the amount of painstaking um, effort that they went through to preserve these words, um, giving their lives most of the time, just actually sacrificing their lives to preserve this text so that we can go down the road and just buy one off the shelf at Walmart. Um, I think that, that deserves some I think that deserves some respect and some uh, homage. I don't know, even non-believers would say that's that's pretty crazy, you know, for someone to, you know, there's Christians, that there's thousands of Christians out there being killed for uh, not wanting to give up their Bibles. Um, during the Holocaust, uh, the rabbis who saw it as their duty to preserve the Torah, uh, were burying Torah scrolls that they had. They were burying them and risking their lives, uh, even even having those those. But they didn't want the uh, word of God to be destroyed because they were burning books uh, in Nazi Germany. They were getting rid. And so, <clears throat> and so this this uh, text, you know, has a propensity to survive um, all kinds of 
uh, perceived genocides, I would say, you know, well, genocide is for human, uh, uh, humans, but like, uh, a, a book aside or, you know, like, a, a trying to wipe out the truth and the word of God. Um, but I just love, I absolutely love when, uh, Jesus says, uh, you know, not, I tell you, you know, tr truly, I tell you, uh, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one stroke of the pen will be gone or, or be wiped from the law of God from that comes from God's mouth. Um, not one stroke of the pen will be lost. Um, and he's basically telling us he believed that this was the word of God. That, um, it prophesied about him. He used a lot of the Old Testament scriptures to talk about himself. And it was only until after he was gone that people started to see these things and they invested, they delved into it, the Torah that they had been uh, studying their entire uh, childhood and knew, knew by heart was, was suddenly just burning within them. Like, this is what that was talking about. What? Oh my gosh. And then, you know, Jesus himself prom promising uh, the Holy Spirit upon us that uh, God and God through the prophets saying, I will, uh, in those days, he's talking about, he's, he's talking about after Jesus, you know, re is resurrected, but, and the Holy Spirit comes, but God's saying, in those days, I will put my spirit in you. I will, I will uh, cause you to do what is right. Um, you know, I, I, will, I will write my word on your hearts, on the tablet of your heart. The word gets imprinted on you. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do. Um, and I just love that that's, that's God's heart. It's always been his heart. And he says, I will cause you to do what is, what is right. So how much free will do we really have? if it comes down to it. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, is a power that, uh, you know, we, we honestly, I think we, we handle it with kids' gloves. Um, and God gives us those gloves because it's, it's uh, something to be reckoned with. He moves uh, in ways that we cannot uh, see, you know, just uh, his ways are higher than our ways and his words are higher than our words, but yet we have his words in our hands. And like we have his words in our hands. Um, so it's like he breathed life into this, into this book, uh, this collection of different books. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the next thing I guess I was going to say about the Holy spirit is, um, the power that comes with the Holy spirit, uh, think some people think oh I have to really I have to win people over for God I have to tell them about Jesus and I have to save them I have to really uh that's my job and honestly I think we're getting it we're totally out of base already our I think our job according to uh, what Jesus told us to do is to show people God and show people what God's done for us in our lives and share how he's changed our lives and the amount of times he's blessed us um, to, to show God's love to others. And he said, if we, uh, you know, he, he, his final command to his disciples was love one another uh, for, you know, in you loving each other, the world will know that you are my disciple. And right away it's saying, you're gonna point them right to me. You're gonna, 
because you're going to be so uh, abnormal to be loving one another in a world that just all they do is love themselves. And, and that's exactly where we've always been, especially today, the selfishness and, you know, just just following exactly what he told us to do, like take care of the poor, the widow and the orphan and uh, clothe the people who need it, feed the people who are hungry. Um, and the Holy Spirit will is the one who the Holy Spirit is the one who changes the heart. We don't have that power. We don't have uh, the capability or uh, even the know-how to ask, you know, actually get somebody to uh, change. And it's going to be God's power that, that fills them. Um, so I think our job is to show people Jesus, show people um, that we love God. And Jesus also said this, if you love me, uh, keep my commandments. And that's just such a simple, uh, it's just, that's, that's such a simple uh, phrase, but it's, it's kind of like another command to keep his commandments. But at the same time, he's basically telling us, if, if you don't keep my commandments, you don't really love me. And that's a really hard thing to grapple with because I think most people are living a lot of lives of compromise and uh, cutting corners in this world that we live in um, because it's it's so it's beating us down so badly it's it's uh just destroying the church uh, um from within and and you know like i said before this is the other thing that's uh just uh so true but i don't think people even think about it um you know the devil and his demons are not fighting or uh, bickering and arguing about how they're going to uh, destroy as many souls as they can before their time is up, um, how they're going to destroy this entire world um, before Jesus comes back and puts a stop to it. They're absolutely all on one page uh, with that. They're of one accord. They know what their mission is and they execute it. They, ex they absolutely execute that that go that mission, and uh, it seems like the, it's the body of believers in Christ uh, who can't agree with each other, and um, or you know not even just Christians, but the body of believers in, in God. You know, um, talking about Jewish uh, believers and Christian believers. Um, we're the only ones that choose to take this Bible, which is so tested by time and inherently true. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, you know, is what, is what it says of it. Um, and we're gonna take this weapon, which is an offensive weapon. I mean, I mean it's, it's funny, it has two meanings. The word of God is offensive to people, you know. Um, Jesus was offensive to people, you know, when he spoke. And, uh, but when they talk about the Bible being a sword that you wield, um, being a sharper than a double-edged sword, um, it cuts straight to the heart. Um, a double-edged sword is way, way more uh, damaging than one that has only one edge on, on the other side. Um, if you think about it, I mean, uh, naturally sorry um but 
we're taking our offensive weapon because it talks about all these other what you know defensive things that we should do we should put on the belt of truth which is you know the word of god um we should hold the shield of uh salvation which you know shields us from uh the fire arrows of the devil trying to get us to accept our fallen state um the shield of salvation the, the blood of of jesus uh in this shield just shielding us from the world and uh, from all the lies it's really what it is just the shield to shield us from all the lies and the sword to take the truth and actually use it and wield it in battle um this is supposed to be wielded against the forces of darkness it's supposed to be wielded against everything contrary to what god uh is because it is god it is his word from from the very mouth it's his word uh, and we're taking the sword and we want to point it at one another in the church uh, and it doesn't matter what you're talking about across the nominations we have a barrier between us and it's like the length of my sword is how far you can come to being my brother that I'll hold this out and as long as this sword is and as long as I choose to make it is, is as far as I'm going to uh, relate to you on a, on a brotherly, sisterly basis in, in God's family. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just uh, honestly, it's a travesty. Um, but that's, I think the devil's sitting there with his hands folded sometimes, like his arms are just folded like this, like I don't even have to do anything. They're, <laughs> they're doing it all themselves, you know? Uh, we're not immune to uh, conducting evil because uh, we know the one who saved us from that evil. Uh, we are sinful people. Um, you know, it's just something to uh, to uh, not not even be discouraged about it. And just get into the Word of God and just know what He calls us. You know, we are uh, we are more than conquerors in Christ. Um, he has given us that that title um and when jesus was talking about i want them to have the same glory that you gave me the same glory i want them to share in that glory that you gave me before the creation of the earth um i think we don't really know the god or the jesus that we claim to worship uh sometimes because and this and that begs the question that if you don't know him, how, how are you going to tell other people about him and, and actually tell them the, the truth about him? Um, so the the propensity or the, um, the probability that we're all perpetuating falsehoods is high. Um, so honestly, you cannot go wrong by, you know, testing everything with scripture because and test scripture with scripture. You know, it even talks about itself like that. It says, test everything, um, you know, so that you know what you believe. Always Be always ready to give an account for what you believe in. Uh, if anyone questions you, so that, you know, so that they will know uh, your father in heaven. Um, and I guess that begs the other question. Do we really care if other people come to know God? Uh, 
I, you know, just I think this is more of a conscience thing coming out with all these, you know, hypothetical questions I have right now. But um, it's just something that uh, maybe the Holy Spirit's putting on me, my heart, um, for me to uh, meditate and pray on, um, and just find the answer because um, there's a whole lot of questions out there and. The answers that we are given uh, credence to, or we, we are given permission to have, we don't even want those answers. So, uh, we're <laughs> but we'll sit here and ask questions that only God wants to know. Only God uh, knows the answer to, and He's not gonna. We're, we're focused on when is Jesus coming back? I want to know the hour and the day, and not even Jesus knows the hour or the day He's coming back. So, the people who keeps you know all these people oh this is the day the world's ending oh this is the day jesus you know and then the day comes and goes and they just have to go into hiding basically you know somebody uh an old rabbi of mine said the funniest thing one time you make a prophecy like that on that level at least especially um make sure it happens way after you're that de you're dead because you don't want to have to live with that, with that not coming true um and and uh uh, but you see these prophecies in the Bible and you're like, okay, you know, we have such an information age uh, internet system now that um, all these things can be uh, tested and uh, either proved or just um, really that's what science is uh, in itself also is uh, science is a, uh, a test, uh, test art. You uh, make a hypothesis and uh, think like what you think is going to happen. And then you perform an experiment uh, with variables and then you have a conclusion of it. Did it happen or did it not happen or did it kind of happen? And then I, I think about it in this sense that these things didn't kind of happen. 333 prophetic messages of the Messiah. Um, I think, you know, uh, you can Google this too. Um, I haven't done much research on it, but altogether, the the amount of prophecies, the 26% uh, of the Bible, 8,357 uh, scriptures of prophecy, over 70% of those prophecies have been proven, and you can find evidence that they already occur. So if you're a betting man, I think the other 20 something percent of prophecy is probably coming, coming soon. Um, if it was, if it was 5% of these things happening, um, the way that they have happened, um, that would be crazy. These people speaking these things and, uh, people, I mean, all these prophets were killed, you know, for what they told, uh, the, the, the Israelites, um, they were all martyred because they were telling them things that, uh, they didn't want to hear. Uh, you need to repent from your evil ways. You cannot follow the ways of the world. Um, and they got rid of them. Um, the, um, uh, forgot, forgot, I'm drawing a huge blank right now, but the, uh, the prophets, uh, didn't know what they were speaking most of the time. Um, and uh but they were willing to lay their life down to do it and that's that's the other thing that i was talking about earlier you know 
people are being killed for this uh, for this work, for this document. Um, they believe so um, so much that this is uh, worth dying for. Um, I think it gives <laughs> it lends a little bit of uh, effort for us to to look at it a little bit harder. I think um, and just just honor the fact that we can even have this text. Um, in a lot of countries, you can't. Still. You really can't. Uh, and you will. There, those are the ones where people are being killed and jailed for it. Um, and you just, you just, you got to ask yourself, what is so, what is so threatening about this book? Um, if I only had the New Testament, it would be a threat. Um, that's all it takes. You know, something that's not, uh, you know, very pagan or vague and. Um, worldly uh if it references anything about the god of the bible um the devil is right in those ranks to say i'm gonna stamp that out i'm gonna do the best i can to stamp it out so um i i, I think i covered everything that i wanted to um it's just it's just a it's just really a, a really surface level skim that i did um of, of some of the things that i thought were uh just just something you really can't ignore and uh sleep well at night you know saying oh that doesn't mean anything um and and just it's just about jesus actually being the messiah um and uh to this day you know uh there are a lot of jewish people uh that don't believe he was uh the messiah either um or the son of god you know um they don't recognize him and uh, this is the other, I guess I'll close on this. Um, they don't recognize him as in, and there's scriptures talking about that too, about when they actually recognize him as, uh, as Messiah. And that's when he's coming back. Um, as he's coming back, they, they recognize him and they see him and they mourn as one mourns for an only son. Like if you had a son, your only son died, you know, and they mourn and weep and wail, uh, in the land of Israel as, you know, one that, that mourns for an only son that they lost um, because they see him finally, they recognize him. And, uh, but I think the, you know, the last thing I'll leave us with is, I think the reason we, they don't recognize him is because we've uh, absolutely done an injustice to uh, everything that has to do with him, I think, as far as, religion goes as far as the representation um you can use the word of god and you can manipulate it any way you want to um and that's what people do now you know it's false prophets and people that are uh not about god's ways um use it for manipulation um but less insidious i think the church just doesn't know what they're doing and the devil's like good that's how deception works. They don't even know they're doing it. They think they're doing good. Oh, they think they're doing it, you know, the way God wants them to do it. Um, they only listen to Paul from the New Testament. So, um, you know, that's all I need them to do. They don't focus on anything else. They can take it all into, uh, in, 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 in context. But, uh, you know, we've taken Jesus and hijacked him uh, from the Jew uh, that lived in... Uh, Nazareth, uh, a Jewish man, we've hijacked him 
uh, over history, and the devil has put long hair on him, uh, white skin, European looking, uh, just not a Jewish man, uh, you know, as far as our uh, physical depictions of him. And then uh, also, you know, we're we're just we're just taking the Jew the Jewishness out of his uh, his uh, being. And you got to ask yourself: Is that is that bad? Is that but is that sinful? I, I think it's I think it's uh, false. I think it's deceptive, and it's not uh, genuine. So the Jewish people, being who they are as a people, and they love and revere the Word of God, they accept the Torah in the Old Testament, but as soon as they see you know, the Christian church uh, taking this newer testament that mostly has to do with uh, Jesus and it talks about him being the son of God and uh, and, and everything about that just uh, turns them away from recognizing him as their, as their Messiah, you know, because they just don't, they think he's the Christian God, you know, he's our, uh, He's our prophet, you know. They don't uh, deny that he was a prophet, but uh, they're still waiting on a Messiah to come. Um, it's not Jesus, so uh, I think that's that's good food for thought for everyone out there who just never even really, if if you want to see your Jewish brethren uh, who are you know who believe in God and love God, you want to see them come to know Jesus. If you want them to you know have their uh, faith just explode um, and the Holy Spirit actually uh, take hold of their lives and that's honestly you know when Jesus says he's going to come back is I will not you will not see me again until uh, my people meaning you know the Jews say Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai which means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord meaning they see him as God and they're saying come Jesus come so don't you think that would be our main our main uh, desire as believers if we want jesus to come back we uh should get the bride and prepare the bride uh for his coming uh in the body of believers so um if i didn't go on too much of a tangent there um i think i talked about what i felt like god wanted me to see tonight so uh yeah uh, everybody have a good weekend um We'll probably get back with you guys on uh, on next Friday, um, and uh, just uh, stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. Um, we, I think we found a uh, another guitar player. I said that last time, but um, we're we're working on jamming and uh, learning the music and stuff. So uh, that we already have. So uh, we're excited. Uh, open up another door with that, um, and you know, get closer to playing. Uh, live shows. Uh, it's really where we're going to, uh, you know, expand our influence on people. So uh, just really blessed to see what, and, and, and just happy, you know, to see all these things that uh, you can't see coming happen before you. Um, so everybody pray for those things. Pray for us. Um, if you need prayer, absolutely uh, send us a direct message on Facebook or, uh, you know, if you, if meet us anywhere else that we're on social media uh, we will we will meet you there 
Uh, thank you guys. Love you. Uh, talk to you later. God bless you.